Welcome to this bonus episode of the Beyond the Box Score podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I cover the Big South Conference Men's Basketball Media Day. Will Jones, head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. Coach, talk about the state of the Big South. Uh, obviously, you guys joining the conference, not just for basketball, football, all the sports. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about the Big South? You know, um, you know, it's, it's really a homecoming for me. You know, I really cut my teeth in the Big South, at Charleston Southern, and really helping that program climb out of the cellar and, and to be coming back to the Big South with North Carolina A&T. I know what those gyms like. I, I know what those universities are like. And some of these coaches, we've been kind of going against each other as an assistant. I've been coaching over the last, you know, 20 years. And so uh, I'm looking forward to those tight games and, you know, those big-time rivalries that the Big South has. You know, obviously, besides Hampton uh, and the few schools that have played at your gym, Talk about the home court advantage you guys have at Club Corbin. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the Big South schools have not been to an environment that lit. Yeah, it's 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 one of our advantages, and you know, uh, and it's something we talk about, uh, and, and we're really welcome to know that we, we're rated the eighth rated home court advantage in the country. Um, to have that environment and conference play when those games are tight, um, it's going to be, I think, a huge advantage for us. And um, some of the schools who have not experienced that to come in there is something that you can't prepare for. And um, that's really why we've been so successful at home lately. Talk about your non-conference schedule, games you're looking forward to, obviously all of them, but, you know, ones that the fans might want to circle. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we start off right at at home against UNCG, um, a game that's really going to be my first year, you know, true game. I mean, last year was tough. You know, we played, we played in in Corbett, but with no fans, and you know, but this year, you know, having the atmosphere downtown at, at the Coliseum and Coach Jones, who has been uh, very successful in, in the Big South, it just get, gets us off to a good start. Um, I'm excited to go back out to Cali to play Stanford, who we had a chance to play in the non-conference game at, at home last year. Um, we have a chance to play at Jacksonville, a school that I worked at um, for five years, and um, you know, it's a, you know, Wake is another good game for us. Um, and, uh, you know, we're playing a legacy classic against Howard, uh, Michael P. Jordan's HBCU Classic in New Jersey. And so all of those games are good. And uh, we look forward to playing, um, you know, some Southern Conference schools, East Tennessee State, and a home-and-home series. And so I love our schedule. I think it has a chance for us to have some um, some good wins and get us ready for the Big South. Thoughts on your freshmen, guys who've stood out so far in fall workouts, having a, a true off season and in the preseason. Yeah, this recruiting class was big because you know we got Cam Langley back for another year, but we were searching for for that guy who could possibly take his place. And um, you know Kyle Duke, a kid that won a bronze medal this year in the, in the World Games out of Canada, has been his advertised. Uh, he's, he's talented. Um, you know Cam has given him the OKs. Okay. Coach, we're in good hands, and so um, he's still a freshman, but he's definitely talented enough that I can see the future is right at that position. Um, and, and from a new, newcomer standpoint, all of our transfers have been as advertised. David Beatty is a, is a former four-star kid, played in the SEC at South Carolina, averaged 12 points a game at LaSalle. I mean, he's a big-time player. Demetri Horton averaged 10 points last year at IPFW. He's come in as advertised, lights-out shooter. Um, you know, you know, we got, you know, Duncan Powell, you know, the top 100 kid. He, he hadn't been cleared to 
to compete in terms of going up and down with the guys, but he's been doing stuff in the gym. Um, he's been up unbelievable. Uh, you know, Marcus Watson, another kid that we got a transfer, a 6'6 wing that uh, was rated as high as 50 in the country. Uh, that's a freshman for us this year. Um, he's going to be really good for us. And so in terms of the chemistry, it's been really good because we've got probably six returners, seven newcomers, but they've been able to mesh really good. And uh, we had a good summer, and, and I really think that that's going to help us down the stretch. You know, the Big South Conference tournament's actually going to be at a neutral site for the first time in recent memory. Um, you know, I know you haven't played in the Big South yet, but how different will it be playing in a different venue, not having a true home court advantage uh, for one team or the other? You know, it's it's what we've been doing in the media. You know, you got to be ready to prepare, and you go to that neutral site, and it's anybody's game. It's anybody's game. You know, I can remember the years in the Big South. Um, traveling to Radford, traveling to Liberty and that in and, and those games and thinking like, man, I gotta go to Radford, I gotta go to Liberty. And you just have that home court advantage, their players are juiced up, their, their home crowds behind them. But now to be in a neutral site here in the Big South in a vicinity that our fans can travel like they've been traveling in the past, I think it gives us an unbelievable chance to be successful. Coach, final question, you know, aside from your win-loss record, What's a successful season look like for the A&T Aggies? Uh, continuing to build our, pro our program. Um, I think, you know, my goal as a head coach is, is to not just build good teams, build good programs, um, get the guys who need experience to continue to grow so that every year it's not just the talent of the program, it's what we do. And um, if we can continue to grow our program, continue to attract talented players to our program, um, and comp continue to operate at a championship level, that's going to be successful for us. Uh, we're not going to talk about, I don't really talk about championships. What I talk about is being the last team standing. Um, and if we focus on being the last team standing, the championship needs to take care of itself. Coach, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Mark Prosser, head men's basketball coach at Winthrop. Coach, talk about, uh, you know, conference going back to the divisional format, adding A&T, uh, 16 game schedule. And then obviously just being back at the Big South as a head coach. Yeah, um, really exciting, really exciting. I think um, I do. I think I think being 12 teams now is a testament to our to our league. And I think as all the changes happen throughout college sports right now, I think hopefully it shows that we have a very healthy league in the Big South. Um, you know, and at, at, at the conference level, um, as far as the basketball at the basketball level, I hate it because there's 12 really good coaches in the league. Well, 11. Um, I don't know about Winthrop. Um, and you know, very, very talented team. So, um, you know, I wish there was two or three teams and our, our percentage of having an opportunity would be a little higher to, to win the league. So, um, but no, I think it's, it's, it's a very, very talented and, and feel fortunate to be back to be part of it again. Um, and uh, don't look forward to any of those 16 games that, uh, that are on the schedule, but, uh, but, you know, each one presented its own challenges. And uh, I know this, you know, in this league this year, uh, especially you'll have to show up and play well to have a chance to win. And uh, hopefully I'm sure we're all preparing for that right now. Talk about guys who've stood out this far. Uh, obviously, you know, in the preseason, uh, going back and forth, returners and, sure. and newcomers. Yeah, I think um, 
I, I, I like our I like our roster. We have we have we don't have a true freshman on our roster. Um, and the guys that we have, I think, really to a man, have a body of work of success at some level in, in college basketball. So um, this is going to sound bad, um, but it, it would be hard to pinpoint one person. I think um, you know, obviously, when you have the preseason player of the year in the league, he's had some very good moments as well. But really, you could ask me that question on on any given day, and it might be somebody else. So um, you know, we have a talented group. We have a group that, that, that is very driven and, and really, um, really competitive. So it's been it's been sort of fun to, to see that evolve. And um, you know, now it's up to them over the next couple of weeks to, to sort of answer the questions when it comes to, to the minutes and things like that. So, uh, but uh, but they're all working very hard and, and have shown shown some signs over the last couple of weeks. You know, the conference tournaments being held at a true neutral site for the first time in recent memory, possibly ever, uh, being here in Charlotte. Talk about playing in a new venue and a team really not having a home court advantage one way or the other. Yeah, I think it's, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, that home court advantage has been good to us you know, over, the, <laughs> over the last several years. Uh, but, you know, and it's good for anybody, right? If you win the season, if you win the, the, the regular season, you have a chance to host and you have a distinct advantage. But, you know, the one thing that I always liked from, from you know, this is my 20th year in college basketball coaching, um, is having that sort of March Madness feel and going to a different venue. And, and this is where the conference tournament is. And it's sort of one and done when you when you get there. So, um, you know, and we were, we were sort of spoiled in, in Western Carolina, the Southern Conference. They do an unbelievable job in Asheville. Their conference tournament is, is it's an event. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a mini Final Four. It's a mini ACC tournament. And, uh, they do a great job with it. And I look forward to this, hopefully, rising to that level. Um, and, you know, it's not a home court, but it's, you know, I woke up and had breakfast and took my kids to school, and uh, I was still here in a, in a short amount of time. So uh, we're trying to make it as much of a home field advantage as we could possibly make it. You know, aside from wins and losses, what would a successful season for you and the Winthrop Eagles look like in 21-22? Yeah, I think, you know, um, I think I think we all do look forward to having a normal college basketball season. Um, you know, it feels like it's been a really long time since we've been able to have that. Um, for kids to have a normal college basketball experience, especially we don't have any first-year players, but we have several second-year players that haven't had that college basketball experience of a packed arena and cheerleaders and band and concession stands and everything else. Um, and that's something that I think we all are looking forward to as far as, you know, unique to our, our program. And I think it's like anybody else. Like, we want to be a team that's, that's a really tough out. We want to be a team that, that competes for a championship. Um, and I think if we if we understand what's important, if we, you know, as a team come together and understand the most important thing is winning, and, um, then I think we will, then I think we'll have the opportunity to compete. Um, and uh, if we do that, it'll be a good year for us. You know, every job has its uh, pros and cons. And obviously places that you've been a head coach, uh, you know, winning hasn't been, uh, you know, a sustained thing there. You come to Winthrop where, return to Winthrop where, I mean, it's, it's school of champions. I mean, it's, it's for a reason. Obviously, a storied bas- men's basketball program, you know, not necessarily added pressure, but... It's okay. You, you say added pressure. No, it's okay. No, do, do you look at it as pressure or... Uh, an opportunity. Yeah, no, I think, 
I think as, as coaches, and certainly this is how I, mean, I'm not, I don't know that we're unique in any way, but um, we've expected to win every place we've ever been. And we've prepared to win the same way every place that we've ever been. Um, that won't change. That won't change here. That it wasn't any different, you know, any place else. Um, you know, I think if you don't prepare, if you don't expect to win, you know, every time you take the floor when that ball goes up in the air, you're probably, uh, you're probably in the wrong profession. And, and our kids work really hard. Our kids have always worked really hard to, to, uh, to prepare for that moment and then, you know, to, to meet the challenges of that moment. So um, this is no different. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll start that start that process in, in about three weeks. And, and, you know, the first one on our schedule will be the most important one. And then after that one, we'll move on to the next one. I know that sounds like Coach Pete, but it's, it's, it's really true. And it's, and it's the same way we've always prepared. Coach, last question. Uh, when I go to a game in Rock Hill, best place for a pregame meal, oh, and wow. we can call it a postgame meal you're gonna get, slash you're, beverage. You're going to get me in trouble here um, because there's so many good spots, especially now. I mean, the, come to Rock Hill. I mean, it's, it's booming. There's, there's, I've gone to a new place each time. So. There's restaurants. It's, it's, the, the first place I'll mention is if you have a chance to go to Counter. Uh, K-O-U-N-T-E-R, counter. Um, I would say that for pre-game. Post-game, uh, there's a place called Legal Remedy. I don't know if you've spotted that yet. Um, it's not far from campus. Um, so those would be my two right off the top of my head. Um, really, really good spots. And, and obviously, there's a, a ton of other good places as well. So um, we can put me on the spot. So those are the first two I got for you. Thanks, Coach. Darius Nichols, head men's basketball coach at Radford. Coach, talk about being home at Radford, uh, obviously homecoming, and then also talk about state of the Big South, going back to the divisional format, adding A&T, uh, having that 16-game schedule. Um, yeah, being, being home has been, it's been, it's been good. It's been, I mean, some challenges, but it's, it's good. I mean, the comfort level of you know, people around, being in a place where you know who to talk to, to, to get something done has been has been really beneficial, especially for me. This being my first time as a head coach, um, even down to the press conference, like you know, I, I knew everybody in the stands were there, and so that that has been helpful. Um, just knowing just knowing who to call or who to contact to to, uh, to get something done. But I would say state of the Big South. I mean, I don't know I don't know much about the business. I haven't been in the business. So I think whoever they send to play us, we got to play, and we'll figure it out from there. But um, you know, as far as the Big South, I mean, I think it's going to be really competitive this year. Uh, from on paper, from what you see, basically every, pretty much every program has a lot of turnover in Division One basketball. So it's going to be hard to predict who, who's going to be where, or who's going to do what. But um, I just want the league to be, to be pretty good. <laughs> who are some of the guys on the team that have stood out? Yeah, I would say um, Rayshon Williams. Uh, he's transferred from South Florida. He's been good for us. Cam McNeil, junior college transfer from uh, Spartanburg Methodist. Those guys have been really good in practice. Um, obviously, the returners, you know, Lou Jocelyn, he's been good. Kyrie Walker. Um, so we, we have a good mix of, uh, you know, older, older guys and, and newcomers. So I'm excited about that. It seems like they're, they're coming together as a team and they really enjoy it. Aside from your win-loss record, what would a successful season for the Radford Highlanders look like in the 21-22 season? Uh, you know, I never really thought about it. Um, 
I was told with somebody earlier, like, I, I, I really don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Like, I, I think, I think the, the constant battle with us is, and I tell my guys this every day, like, we're battling human nature every day. Can we overcome that? When we have a 6 a.m. practice, are you, are you still going to be, are you still going to bring juice like it's a 1 p.m. practice? Um, are you going to feel like going to study on Sunday? Are you going to want to go to bed or hang around in bed? So, our constant battle is, is, over, is beating human nature. If we can do that, I think we'll have a successful season regardless of wins and losses. I think too many people look at wins and losses, but you know, for us, our non-conference schedule is, is brutal. Um, but I mean, I just, I just want these dudes to get better every day and then see what happens. I know that's what coaches say. You probably don't want to hear that, but that's, I never really thought about it. I just want, I, I just want to make sure guys get the weights on time. <laughs> then we have a chance to win. Sounds good to me. Coach, you have one of the youngest coaching staffs in the country. Is youth something that you believe will help you coach today's student-athlete? And what are the biggest differences in styles of play uh, from you and Coach Jones? Um, I, think youth, I think youth will help us. Um, I was talking to my college coach, John Beeline, and I think he's been really good at hiring people. And he told me when you hire, he said, hire guys who believe in you. He said, don't try to go out and find this guy, this guy to do this. If, if, if the guys are one of the best offensive gurus in the country and you don't believe in what you're doing or what you say, it's not going to work out anyways. So for me, I hire guys who believe in me, and I think that helps us be on the same page, and I think that's the only way we will be successful. And what was that? The, uh, Different styles of play, the biggest differences uh, from you and Coach Jones. Um, I mean, I don't know – as a style of play, you know, we want to play a little faster than they played in the past. Um, and, you know, they had a, he had a lot of success in how he did it. Um, you know, the way I want to do it, I want to, I want to create more create more possessions, you know, whether whether that's on the defensive end or, you know, pushing off makes or, or misses. Um, I want more possessions in the game. And, um, like, as far as the coaching point, I don't, I don't know how he was as a coach on a day-to-day basis. I just know what I hear. But... I don't know how we different because I, I don't know, but I, I just know one thing. I, I have to focus on being who I am and not changing up um, what I believe in. Talk about, and I know that you're new to the Big South, but having that true neutral site for the conference championship and the conference tournament as a whole, yeah. uh, playing in a new venue, not having a true home court advantage one way or the other. Talk about your thoughts on that. I'm excited about that because, I mean, I, that's that's what I'm used to. That's, you know, every, every league I've been in has had a neutral site, um, you know, conference tournament. So I, I think I think that I think that gives it a, a better feel, um, especially when you go to the divisions and then you do a, a, a home site for the tournament. So I'm excited about it being a neutral site. I'm also excited about it being in Charlotte because I think that's a good centralized location where people can get to. And um, I think, you know, for us selfishly, we have a lot of alumni in this area. So I'm, I'm excited that it's in Charlotte. I know the game has gone analytical. What are some key stats that you look that you and your staff look at halftime and post game and really, you know, have on your your keys to the game? I think mean, I think uh, you know offensive rebound percentage, like because of the way our the way our team is, like we sh- we should be elite on the offensive glass. Um, so you know the ratio to how many you know we missed, how many we get. I think that's that's a huge key. But um, 
how many threes, how many threes we're giving up, the percentage of how many threes we're giving up. Uh, I think that's that's another big thing. But um, I think the biggest thing for us, and it's not even really a percentage, but we say it all the time, and you probably heard it before. Is we say ninety-five percent. We say it all the time because ninety-five percent of the game you don't have the ball in your hand. But you know, people judge you on that five percent. So if you could, if you're judging everything you do based on that five percent, we're not going to be a very good team. Because I asked every kid on our team, every returner, this summer I said, give me your best and worst game. And so their best game was when they shot the ball well. Their worst game was when they didn't shoot the ball well. So that told me what I'm dealing with in terms of them mentally. But So we say 95 because that's what we need to be focusing on. But society is telling me to focus on that 5%. So that's, that's what we say on the field. Coach, last question. When I make it up to Radford for a game or two this season, best place for a pregame meal <laughs> and best place for a postgame, let's call it a meal. Uh, the thing about Radford is Radford's best food places are usually connected to gas stations. So it depends on what time the game is, what time it's over. The best place to eat is my mom and dad's house. That's all I got. It's a good answer. You can't go wrong there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Dave Dickerson, head men's basketball coach at USC Upstate. Coach, first off, what's it been like going through a normal offseason, and how excited are you to coach your team this season? Very excited. Uh, obviously, uh, having to not coach last year um, was a difficult decision, um, but it was a much-needed decision as well. So to be back in the, in the gym with the guys, to be back on the floor, uh, to be back recruiting, be back running the program. Um, it's like uh, uh, waking up on uh, Christmas morning. It's been really good. And so um, our guys are, are really, really working hard. Uh, they're really focused and they're doing a good job with the post, hopefully the post-COVID uh, deal. Um, we were running the programs in the Big South that was hit dramatically with COVID and with the shutdowns and everything. Um, so hopefully we don't have to go through that again this year. What's it been like coaching your son for the first time? It's, it, it's, it's been fun. It's really been fun, and it's something that I look forward to. Um, I, I never thought I would have a chance to coach him, and um, and his path came back to USC Upstate, where he was going to University of South Carolina at one time. And um, so every day I get a chance to coach him. Every day I get a chance to see him, and 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 and, and most days I find myself staring at him because I just love having him on the, on the court with me. Now, was it coach or is it dad? Uh, he called me coach doing uh, from about four to seven. And, uh, and he called me dad when he wants something. <laughs> Thoughts on the state of the Big South Conference? Obviously, you guys add A&T, uh, go back to the division format. Uh, talk about all that. You know, everything that has happened in the Big South has been good. North Carolina A&T is a great school. They're bringing in um, men and women basketball. is really good. And, and, and so it, it's been, uh, nothing has been negative that will happen in the offseason. Everything has been good. And with the schedule, I mean, we have a chance to have a clean schedule to where we play 16 games and we have divisions. And, um, and, and so everything is working out well to this point. Um, the coaches that we've added to the program, um, to the Big South, uh, our coaches that's familiar, that's familiar with the Big South, so 
uh, I, I don't think you see a drop off in play. I think you have a situation now to where I know you have rankings in the conference, but it, but it's be a wide open situation. Okay. I know you're one of the few teams that has played in uh, Club Corbett over at A and T, so you guys uh, won't be phased when you go up there this season. Thoughts on your freshmen, kind of guys who've stood out thus far? Well, um, we brought in five new guys now, and uh, and so um, uh, Jalen Brazil from Dorman has been really good for us, and uh, he's a really good leader. He has really good energy, and he's a bulldog. And uh, we had the privilege of signing uh, Justin Ganey's son, Jordan Ganey, uh, who Justin played at NC State. Now he's assistant coach at, at Tennessee. And his son has a high basketball IQ, and he's very conscientious defensively and offensively. And, and he's been the most the most pleasant surprise for us. And, uh, but we also signed Nick Aves. Um, from Eastern Florida Junior College, and he's been really good for us as well. He brings that experience from a winning program with John Schumann. Thoughts on the immediate transfer eligibility, uh, kind of the state of the NCAA with regards to NIL? Well, we love it because um, we bought in two transfers. Uh, that's going to be eligible to play right away, Florida Purdue uh, Junior. Um, from South Carolina State, we shot 37, 40% from the three-point line there, and, and we signed Amir uh, Langley uh, from Western Carolina, uh, who played behind their great post player last year and, and got limited minutes, but his, his uh, potential is through the roof. And so for us, it's a good thing. And, uh, but for college basketball, we have to wait and see because I think everybody in here, the 12 teams and the Power Five, we be retooling every year. And so you have to coach a different team every year so it doesn't change the way you coach and how you do things. Now, if memory serves me correct, you played with Keith Gatlin. If you were to play one-on-one -on -one today, who wins? I will. No doubt about that. Uh, now, Keith, Keith was, a, and, uh, was a great player. No, not a good player. People don't, don't understand, like the younger generation, how good he was in college. And... Uh, He's a 6'5 point guard, and he was a point guard. And, but he could do everything on the floor. And um, he was very dynamic, had a great flair, just like he is right now. And uh, I love Keith Gallagher. I mean, uh, he's one of my best teammates I've ever played with. Aside from your win-loss record, what's a successful season look like for your team? Well, I, I, I think... Um, you know, we have to take our season into phases. You know, we have uh, non-conference, and, and the non-conference is going to be difficult for us because we're playing six money games. And, and so uh, we have to be able to um, play those games and get better and not look at the scoreboard. And, and so that's, that's going to be hard to do. Uh, but I think if we can come out of the non-conference with a good mindset, then that's gonna then that's gonna put us where we need to be for conference play. I really think, uh, you know, you have rankings in this conference right now, um, but I really think that the conference is somewhat wide open because uh, you have so many different players for different teams, and people don't know what they have, and they and they're not gonna know what they have until January. Last question, you know, the conference tournament being held at a true neutral site for the first time in recent memory. How much of a challenge is that going to be? You're playing in a new venue, no home court advantage for one team or the other. Talk about that. Well, what we're embarking on right now is college basketball. 
And so you want to, you know, for the, uh, uh, for the fans um, and for student athletes to have a situation where they can gather in one site. And, and, and for us, for our conference, it's, it gives us a chance to get back into a situation where we're showing the country who the Big South is in one site. And coupled with the fact that we have it in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's a great thing for the Big South. Mike Morrell, head men's basketball coach, UNC Asheville. Who are some guys who stood out thus far? The guys that you would expect, you know, the guys who, who have, have played a lot of games in this in this league and, and won a lot of games and, and again, have, have, have produced L.J. Thorpe, uh, Tajon Jones, Trent Stephan, um, you know, Evan Claiborne, Doc Battle, those guys who played a lot of minutes and started games for us last year. Uh, and that's the way it should be. As you get older, as you grow, um, those are the those are the guys that should stand out. And there's nothing nothing any different for us. What are some of the non-conference games you're looking forward to most? All of them. Best answer I've gotten all day. All of them. No 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 one's any more important than the other. And ball goes up in the air. That's that's the team you want to beat the most. You're one of the more animated coaches on the sidelines I've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. Where do you get that passion from? I don't know. Uh, can't can't really pinpoint it. Um, I like to compete, uh, no matter if it's basketball or if it's uh, golf or if it's checkers or foursquare or whatever. I don't really care. I want to win. Um, so I'm animated because that's what I want. I'm animated because the only people's uh, you know that, that advice or or. Uh, um, people that I really care about what they see over there, the players and, and, and the people that I respect, and I would, I would seek advice from them. So, um, you know, my animation, I think, is, is something that uh, is genuine, and uh, it's just what I do. I don't even really know what I'm doing half the time over there. Aside from your win-loss record at the end of the year, what's a successful season look like for your team? Growth. I mean, and you can't really put a pinpoint on growth. Um, you know, the, the goal is to be playing the best basketball that you can possibly play um, at the time where it matters the most. And that's the beginning of March. And so that's the goal. And so your win-loss record obviously goes into that. Um, but that's all we're focused on. And so the goal is never we want to win 20 games or this or that. The goal is simply for us to be better today than we were yesterday then try to be better tomorrow than we were today. And that's quite the challenge. Sounds simple, but it's, it's really, really challenging. Um, I thought last year we did a pretty good job of that. But, um, you know, last year we didn't play a game in February. So, um, you know, for us, that's the goal because we can control it. Anything that we can't control is really hard to reach that goal because then it's just hope. And I'm, I'm more focused on faith and not hope. You know, this season the conference adds uh, North Carolina A&T going back to not playing back-to-backs uh, yep. like they did last season. Yep. Talk about, about your outlook on the Big South Conference as a whole. I think it's the deepest the league's been since I've been in the league. Um, from a statistical and numerical standpoint, I think my first year in the league when we went two and 14 was the best the league's maybe ever been. Um, 
I don't know where we're going to finish this year, but I think the league is, is on par to be just as good as it was then or better. Um, I think from top to bottom, there's great depth, and there's great depth because there's a lot of guys returning. There's a lot of teams that you look and you see four, four or five of their top five or six coming back. And as we know, experience and age usually win in March. And so I would anticipate that to be the same for our league. Um, but, I mean, I had a really, really hard time when they asked for my picks because I didn't, you know, I tried to do it the right way, but I honestly had no idea who to pick first and who to pick at the bottom and where to pick my own team. And even if you do, I can't remember if you do pick your own team. But um, so it, it, I think it's, it's got great depth. Our, I think our league did a really, really good job of recruiting uh, to the portal with the portal. Uh, but also bringing in really talented players and the ability to stay older uh, is easier, you know, com now compared to when I came in the league and guys had to sit out a year. Uh, so I think our league took advantage of that. We'll see how it how it votes for everybody. But I would I would expect there to be great, uh, you know, just depth and parity in our league. The conference is holding its conference tournament at a true neutral site for the first time in recent memory. Talk about how that's going to be playing in a different venue uh, and really no home court advantage. Uh, I think people make a bigger deal out of that than, than what it really is. Uh, every year I've played in the, a Big South tournament, we've played in a different venue. Um, so baskets 10 feet pretty sure the court's 94 feet long we'll have three officials out there each team's allowed five players I don't really care where it's at um, and so I think that's the mentality that we're trying to get our players to have um, I do think it's cool having it in a place like Charlotte where you know more schools can get to it uh, but in terms of how that like affects your team um, I'm just trying to minimize that type of noise, you know what I mean? And so um, I really didn't have an opinion on where I wanted to leave, to be honest. Let's just have a tournament, crown a champion, and compete like hell for it. So, um, you know, that that's that's out of my uh, control. So uh, just try to make it as far as we possibly can. You know, I remember the days of Kenny George, Matt Dickey, those guys. Yeah. How often uh, do those players either come by or interact with the program, stay involved? Well, not a lot. No, those guys aren't around, so they don't come by that much. But uh, I think, you know, for me, I know the, the thing, one of the greatest things I appreciate about UNC Asheville since I've been there is how they've accepted me, whether it's from Nick McDevitt or Eddie Biedenbach, uh, whoever it is, and the players were the same. And uh, UNC Asheville's got a great tradition for a reason. It's got a great tradition because it's had great leadership. And guys who have went out and recruited well and brought good people into the program, um, that'll be on, um, you know, will we'll be viewed tomorrow night. We've got a big event at our place where a lot of our alums are coming back. If they didn't enjoy their experience, they would come back. And so I think our administration has always made the people who really built Kimmel Arena and the Sherrill Center and the program as a whole feel welcome because of what they did. Uh, and, and the players are the biggest reason for that. So the Ahmad Thomases, the Kevin Venadas, the Macy O'Teagues, uh, who, who uh, went on to uh, 
play it at other institutions, all the way back to the, you know, the Kenny Georges and the guys like Jeff Coble and, and people like that who, for me, have provided great support. Um, Asheville is just a place that really supports basketball, loves basketball, and, and that's no more apparent than how we treat our alums. Coach, final question. You know, when I make it out to Asheville for a game, best place for a pregame meal and a postgame drink? Uh, like Chris Beard's fireside chat, huh? Let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm not really like that fancy of a guy, so I'm not gonna give you like a. I like to go to Pax Tavern, you know, um, and they just got a menu that's really, really deep. And uh, if you want to go down and get a lot of calories in your body, I would recommend Pax. You can get to Kimball Arena really quickly from there. And uh, I live over in West Asheville, so for the walk, for a nice little local spot to grab a burger or even a cold drink if you want, I'm going to say the walk. Walk's a good spot. Um, Village, what's it called? Village Porch? Yeah. Good spot. New spot, good spot. I'd recommend that too. So I gave you three. So the first two, I'll, I'll charge you for the last ones for free. Coach, thank you so much. Best of luck this season. All right, man. You're welcome. Griff Aldrich, head men's basketball coach at Longwood. You know, I, I look at your season schedule, and it's one of the most competitive ones I've seen during your tenure. You play five of your first six games of the season at home. Talk about the importance of the start of your non-conference slate. Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we're really fortunate to be hosting an MTE this year, uh, which, which enables us to, to secure three home games, which is, is at our level in Division One is pretty rare. You know, typically between guarantee games and a combination of home and homes, you, you find yourself on the road uh, quite a bit. And so um, you're trying to find that balance at our level um, where you're not on the road too much or in too many chunks. Um, you know, we've done that, you know, a couple of times. And, you know, sometimes it's been okay, sometimes it hasn't. But um, it's just a really – it's a struggle, I think, at, at our level to, to, you know, find a good, you know, non-conference uh, uh, balance to that schedule. And so this year I'm, I'm – you know, pleased that I feel like we've got we, we we've got a good mix of you know competitive road games and, and good home home stretches as well. Definitely. Thoughts on the state of the Big South Conference? Man, I think uh, I think this will be one of the better uh, years um, in the conference. At least in my four, this will be my fourth year in the conference. Uh, my first year. The conference was really strong, um, and uh, I think it, I think it's going to be really strong again this year. Um, and a lot of the big influx of transfers. People talk a, a lot about you know people transferring out, which is certainly true. But I think um, you know with the influx of transfers as well as you know COVID seniors or super seniors, um, I think the league's going to be much older. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, across the nation. Everybody's going to be older, more mature. So, you know, I think all, all boats have, have risen uh, to some extent. So it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. Who are some of the guys who have stood out so far during off-season workouts and practices? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, uh, for, for us, we've um, – 
one of the one of the exciting things, but also one of the challenges is we do have quite a few new faces who've come in, um, and so uh, Michael Michael Christmas, you know, had 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 a great summer. You know, suffered a, suffered an injury right right when he returned, but you know he's going to have a, a significant impact, I think, not only on our program but the entire conference uh, when when he's back healthy and ready to go. Um, but two other newcomers, uh, Jordan Perkins from North Carolina Central and Isaiah Wilkins from Wake Forest, have had, have had really good uh, falls, uh, I would say, and um, I think are really starting to adapt to our culture well and, and fit in. Um, and, you know, then with our returning bunch, I, I really like, you know, who we have from, you know, Deshaun Wade uh, now is in his third year with the program and uh, fully understands what we expect, what we're trying to do, and is, a, is, is really, you know, step forward as a, as a great leader for us. Uh, Justin Hill, um, I think the tandem of Justin and Deshaun, you know, it's a dynamic backcourt with, you know, scoring and defense, and uh, I think they have a chance to be one of the back, better backcourts in the conference. And uh, and then, you know, Leslie and Carrie Wynn and, and uh, uh, Zach Watson um, have really just continued to improve. Leslie has just grown so much as a player. Uh, you know, he also is in his third year, and so really excited, excited uh, for for a lot of our returners. And and I'm not even talking about Jesper Grandland and Nate Litteris. Uh So I think we have a chance to to be a really deep team this year. Um, you know, if, if all all stay healthy. Aside from your win loss record, what would a successful season look like for Longwood? You know, I I think for us. So much of what we're trying to do at Longwood is, is build a culture um, around really trying to develop our guys and help them grow and transform, not only as a team, but as individuals. And so, so much of it for us is, is to see kind of the light bulb go off for our players on maybe what one of their weaknesses might be um, and for the team to coalesce and gel together uh, and and ultimately have, have a lot of fun uh, playing the game. And so, you know, I think a, a, a major measure for us is, you know, how, how the guys grow individually, um, you know, and, and how the team grows and matures. So that's, you know, the, the wins and losses, obviously, that's how we're going to get measured. Um, but in many respects, a lot of that is out of your control, you know, and uh, uh, to some extent, you know, injuries, sicknesses, um, bad days, bad officials on an occasion, or a bad call, or maybe not bad official, but bad call on an occasion, um, you know, that can impact things, you know, just so much is out of your control, so uh, just kind of, again, it's cliche, but it's true, trust in that process. Definitely. Last question, Coach, you know, the conference tournament's being held in a true neutral site for the first time in recent memory. How much of a challenge will it be as far as routine, kind of, once you get to conference play? Once you get into the tournament, mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, I, I think uh, 
you know, this goes back to, I think, um, I think the great teams are able to shut out the noise and distraction of circumstances and be able to focus on executing, you know, their principles and, and executing on being who they are. Um, you know, circumstances, uh, you know, different gym, different things, and uh, all of all of those, uh, the great teams are able to shut that out. And so this will this will be another challenge, I think, for every team in the conference uh, to play in a different uh, venue. But I think the, the more mature teams, the older teams, and the more disciplined teams will have less less will be less impacted by that. Appreciate it, Coach. My Barclay Redabow, head men's basketball coach at Charleston Southern. Coach, the elder states will know the Big South. How has the conference changed over the years during your tenure at Charleston Southern? The, 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 it's the best coaching top to bottom in the league that we've ever had. The most commitment from all the schools in the league and the best coaching. And there is no gimmicks. There's not one. Not one on the schedule can you look at and say, uh, okay, we're going to get it. We're going to beat them a couple times, not one time. How excited are you not to have to play back-to-back uh, -back in conference? I'm very excited about that. I wasn't a back-to-back -back fan. Uh, I, I, I didn't. Like, a lot of coaches liked it. I did not like it. Um, I, I thought it hurt preparation. The second game, it's difficult on our players. Very difficult on coaches. I didn't like it. I'm excited not to play. Thoughts on the state of the Big South Conference? I know you talked about the commitment, uh, but you know any possible expansion? Obviously, uh, North Carolina A&T joining the conference. Talk about that. Just A&T joining. I mean, that's a great get for our league. It's a beautiful university. A big commitment to athletics. Uh, well coached team, um, and very very excited that they're in. Uh, love that, that they play football also. Uh, just looking at the total good of the league and just a great basketball tradition and commitment there. Okay. Thoughts on your freshmen who stood out so far, you know, returners as well? We love our freshmen. All, we've had three stand out significantly. Uh, Caleb Clinton is, um, this is going to be a drastic statement, he's the best athlete in our league. Uh, he's had a standstill 37-inch vertical jump that would have been third in the NBA combine this year. We love Tajay. Uh, Tajay's been a 6'8", 250-pound freshman, and uh, MJ Harris uh, from Louisiana has just been absolutely terrific. So uh, we're really excited. It's one of the best freshman classes we've ever recruited. Uh, super talented, and, and most importantly for us, high-character kids. Aside from your win-loss record, what's a successful season look like for Charleston Southern? Great question, and I appreciate that question. Uh, for us, that they had a great experience, um, that uh, that in this order, basketball has helped them to become pendable men, that through the year, they're moving towards their degree. We've graduated 58 out of 59 since I've been the head coach there, and that they have a great basketball experience. They improve as, as players, and we improve as a team. Um, and I really appreciate that question. That, that That's really important to us, the process those three things are really important to us. The conference tournament being held at a true neutral site for the first time in recent memory, possibly ever, 
how much of a challenge will it be as far as routine, different gym, uh, just all the lights are on? Yeah, I think it's going to be great for our league. I very much appreciate it. Uh, I like it. Uh, I like that we're all going to be all going to be together. I like that the women's tournament is at the same time. I think it's a great move by the Big South. I think Charlotte and the Bojangles Coliseum is a great choice. Uh, it's a great size arena for us. Um, great hotel. Charlotte's an incredible city. I think it's a very positive move for our league. Last question, Coach. If I drive down to a game at Charleston Southern, what's the uh, what's the go-to diner? What's the best place to grab a burger? Well, you know, you're coming to the greatest city in the country when you come to watch us play, uh, and you, you're going to have a choice of about 25 five-star restaurants. Um, but if I'm giving you directions, you're going to end up at Fleet Landing, uh, right there on the water, and um, and you want to know the dish you should get? Yeah, sure. Why and not? You should get. Mahi, 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 uh, get it grilled. Uh, the cocktail sauce is amazing and get grits on the side. Coach, best of luck this season. Tim Kraft, head men's basketball coach at Gardner-Webb. Coach, talk about uh, your outlook for this season. Obviously, uh, the team, the league adds North Carolina A&T, goes back to divisional format, uh, and just the season in general. Yeah, I mean, it's always exciting to start the year. Um, you know, you're really kind of kind of just got your head down and you're focused on your roster and focused on getting better every day. When you come to media day, you kind of get your head, you know, out of the cave and kind of, uh, you know, just it's, it's great to kind of see everybody. And uh, A&T is a great addition to our league. Um, and we'll be, you know, somewhat of an unknown to all of us if we haven't played them, which we haven't uh, in the past. Um, and I think a lot of the rosters, you know, you've got you've got the, the three teams that were voted at the top, you know, Winthrop, Campbell, and Asheville with a, with a you know, somewhat of a proven roster. You know, guys that have, have been here in the league, have won at a high level. And, um, and then I think everybody else has pieces that have done that. Um, but then you also have a lot of new guys and, and transfers and things like that. So uh, there's certainly a lot of unknowns in the league. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's exciting to, to get started. You talk about transfers, obviously. We're in a new world. Uh, One-time transfer, immediate eligibility, name, image, likeness. Um, do you feel that having such staff continuity over the years has helped you guys? Well, I think it can. I think it helps. Helps you. Um, helps anybody. You know, I think it helps any program. Um, you know, if you've got good coaches on your staff, you want them to stay. You know, and 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 I think uh, them having an idea of what your expectations are. And, and just how to work together as a group. You know, that chemistry on your staff I think is really important because I think your team um, kind of feeds off of that, whether it's good or bad. And uh, so that so that I do think that's been an important uh, part of, of the, some of the success that we've had is, is uh, having a continuity within our staff and just having um, you know, high-character men on our staff uh, to help lead our team. Obviously, uh, Coach K is retiring. Yeah. You guys were supposed to play them last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, ends up that you'll be one of the final teams in the non-conference that he ever 
coaches against. Uh, thoughts on not necessarily guaranteeing a win or anything like that, but uh, thoughts on you know his retirement and then obviously having the opportunity to play them at Cameron Indoor. Well, I just think you know Coach K is, is one of those coaches. You know, there's a handful of uh, of coaches that have probably impacted every basketball coach and probably uh, any any coach in general. You know, of any sport, but any basketball coach. You know, he's had an impact on their life in some way um, because uh, of what they've built at Duke over the years and, and just uh, how they've done it there, that, that every basketball coach across the country has, um, you know, learned from some of the things that he's done at Duke and, um, you know, has read his books or, you know, um, you know really uh, benefited. And so he's been a coach that has really... I just think impacted a lot of people um, that you know he doesn't even know. Like like yeah, we don't know each other, but he's had a big impact on me just from learning and observing and uh, watching his teams over the years and studying his teams over the years, reading his book. Um, so uh, it's that's that's a special thing to get the opportunity to to play uh, against Duke. I think any year because they're one of the historic programs in college basketball. But um, on the you know, in, in Coach K's last year, kind of makes it really neat. Who are some of the guys in your roster that have stood out, whether newcomers or returnees? Um, you know, I, I think uh, our two, our front court, Kareem Reed and Ludovic Dufial, are guys that we're really going to count on. Uh, Ludovic's been a, a little bit banged up here in the preseason, but, but he's a guy we're going to count on. He's really proven himself uh, to help our, our team in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, some of the guys that have stood out, Lance Terry. Uh, Lance Terry is a, is a guy that, that hasn't played a lot of conference games because uh, his freshman year and last year he got hurt, uh, you know, really right as conference play was starting. Um, but he's a guy we really believe is an all-conference type talent. Um, and he's just, he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, he was our leading scorer last year through the first six games of the season until he got hurt and had a season-ending uh, injury. Um, so he's a guy that, that's looked really good. He's healthy. He's, he's had a great preseason. Um, Anthony Selden is a, is a player for us that's in year three, um, who I think's had a terrific offseason and really ready to really uh, make an impact. Uh, Jordan Sears uh, and Damarian Williams are two guys in the back backcourt that are had great freshman years for us last year, both averaged about 10 points a game, so we're excited about them. Um, one of our newcomers is a transfer from UMKC named Zion Williams, and he's kind of a glue guy, an intangible guy that just brings a lot of kind of winning qualities to your roster, um, you know, that can help you in a variety of different ways. So um, he's been a guy that's, that's really had a great preseason as well. Aside from win-loss total, win-loss record, how would you define success for Gardner-Webb in 21-22? Um, well, did, did we help our players uh, grow as young men? You know, did we help them, um, you know, understand and, and embrace and get better at the qualities that you're going to need uh, to be successful in life? You know, and, and as we, as we kind of coach them every day on the court, you know, trying to coach those life lessons of, of dealing with adversity and, um, you know, uh, 
having a positive attitude, uh, being a selfless teammate, being a trustworthy guy, um, being a guy with a relentless work ethic. You know, those are some of our core values. So really, that that's going to be how we do it. You know, can we become uh, the best uh, team that we're capable of becoming? Um, you know, wherever that leads us. You know, but that's our that's certainly our goal to become the best version of ourselves here. Um, individually and collectively as we go through the course of the next six months. You know, the Big South announced that they were going to be having its conference tournament uh, in Charlotte at a true neutral site for the first time in recent memory, possibly ever. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on playing in a new venue and also not having a true home court advantage one way or the other. I know you guys have a tremendous student section and fan base in general. Hopefully they'll travel, but talk about that neutral site. Yeah, you know, um, I, it, I think it has positives and negatives. That's with any tournament format. Um, I think the positives far outweigh uh, the, the negatives. And, um, you know, we, we've had some great environments in terms of doing it at host institutions um, the past few years. But uh, to have the opportunity to come to a city like Charlotte, um, be at a neutral site in an arena uh, like like the Bojangles Coliseum. It, it, it's going to be a great, just a great experience for our student athletes in terms of having that tournament feel, having your men and women in one location. Um, it's great for your alumni, your fans, your students, be able to come and watch both teams. Um, and then, you know, again, to be in a, in a basketball city like Charlotte uh, that's right in the middle of the footprint uh, of the Big South. And then it's also uh, the headquarters of our league offices. You know, this is where we have media day. This is where we start the season every year to get a chance to finish it here in the conference tournament. I think it's a pretty cool thing. Halftime and post game, you look at the box score. What are some things that you look at? I don't know. I don't know if it's anything, any magical formula, you know, that anybody else doesn't have. Uh, you know, we're we're one of the things that we're evaluating a lot in our program is paint touches, the ability to offensively to create paint touches, uh, defensively to try to keep your team from getting to the paint. You know, so that's one that's not on the typical box score. You know, that that we're charting. Um, you know. One that's that's not in the box score uh, is is uh, something that that we and a lot of other programs call kills, which is you know getting three consecutive stops on defense. You know, and we talk about um, you know trying to get uh, you know, seven kills in a game, four or four per half. You know, which is eight. But but you know if you're getting at, the first, at halftime, you know hey. We got four kills at halftime. We, we feel pretty good about the way that we play. Um, so th- those are a couple things. You know, those are a couple things there that, that aren't on the typical box score. Coach, last question: uh, If and when I come to a game in Boiling Springs, best place for a pregame meal and postgame meal? Um, we got some. Uh, you know, it's a small town, so it's a. Uh, we can include yeah, Shelby. Yeah, if, yeah. So you know, and both. Boiling Springs, Shelby got some good place to eat. The snack shop is um, like a, like kind of like a can't miss. You know, the snack shop's right across the street from campus, um, and it's it's been there for a while. Um, and uh, they got a little bit of everything. They got a little bit of everything. Um, I really personally like the lemon pepper chicken. All right, that's a, the lemon pepper chicken platter. Good burger, uh, but you you, you kind of you really can't go wrong. 
uh, with the snack shop right there in Bowling Springs. Coach, thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Good to see you as always. Yeah, man. Tubby Smith, head men's basketball coach at High Point University. Coach, what are your thoughts on the state of the Big South Conference? Obviously, you guys add A&T, go back to divisional format. Uh, talk about that. Well, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting, but it's good to have that type of depth. You know, obviously, we, we're a team that's looking up and we, from the bottom, and we've got a – and that northern division is it's going to be very, very competitive. A lot of balance, I think, in the, with um, – with all the Virginia teams and the North Carolina teams, other than Asheville in the Northern Division. So, but there's a lot of balance. I think this year probably as much as balanced league as has been since I've been here. You know, I, I think it's with us. You know, obviously, we've got to get better in a lot of facets of the game. I hope we've been. I believe we've improved our shooting. We put a heavy emphasis on shooting this year. We had a chance to go to Puerto Rico and learn some things about our team. So uh, that's been beneficial. But it's good for the conference, the expansion, and the uh, addition of, of A&T. Especially the rivalries right down the street from us. So it, it just adds another uh, another thorn, you know, enough to, <laughs> that we got to get that we have to compete with. You know, you're one of the few coaches in the conference who's you know been at the the Power Five level, especially as a head coach. What are your thoughts on you know the conference realignment going on, and you know the possibility, the talk of the Power Five branching off to their own league? Yeah, well, you could you, you know you see it coming, and uh, <clears throat> because of just that being you know them having the power. I mean, even in voting for rules and changes and you know, coaching staffs. I mean, they've you know, they had the resources to be on their own. And uh, it was something I remembered C.M. Newton talking to me about when he was retiring along with uh, Roy Kramer in the SEC who started the BCS, the old championship series. And because he knew the SEC was the strongest football league in the country. And, and now people went to networks, you know, their own conference media that has really hurt a lot of mid-majors like High Point because even in your locale, your local community, the the resources uh, are being gobbled up by you know the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac. So there's only so much so much resources available to schools to build their programs. And so it's, you know, you, you're never going to, in, in college basketball, I don't think you'll see a team other than the Powell Five School win a national championship again. Gonzaga came coach, but close, but they're, you know, they're a power school. You know, Villanova basketball school, they can win it. But outside of that, you know, it's going to always be the, the Powell Five schools that are, even last year in the top 25, I bet it wasn't five non-Power 5 schools in the top 25. So you bring up a valid point with the direction that it's going. It's, it's affecting everyone, you know, the, the uh, I guess, the intention. The realignment is taking place with 
even right here, UNC Charlotte being courted by the CAA. You know, I was in the American Athletic Conference, AAA, yeah. so. But a lot of it has to do with football. You know, that's something that at our level, we don't have football at high point. But then there are a lot of schools in our league now, AMT, Hampton, Gardner Webb. A lot of schools play football in this league. So that's, that's, I think that's who it will affect the most. Thoughts on your freshmen, guys who stood out thus far, including the Puerto Rico trip and then just overall in the preseason? I guess the one that's played best has been Zach Austin, who set out last year. He's a skilled athlete, probably our best athlete all around. Our best player is John Michael Wright, but he's probably our most. And then another freshman who's, well, I'd say that another freshman because Emil Flowers, you know, messed his knee up. But the kids that really have advanced and, and improved, I would say, would be Bison, Childress, Jaden House has improved a lot. As a, you know, they're talking about freshmen. The guys, the freshmen that are that are new. One kid tore his knee up again. Jake was really playing well. He came in with a, he had knee surgery two years ago. Tweaked it the other day. In fact, he's having surgery today. And um, to take a piece of meniscus, a little chip on his meniscus, so we have to get him back. Brock Williams, another freshman from Burlington School. Uh, Jake Coleman was from. Southern High School in Maryland. And, uh, so he's, he's probably looking at being a redshirt this year because of his needs. Uh, Brock is, you know, he's just learning how to play. Uh, and those are the two freshmen, the only two freshmen we have. I mentioned the other guys because they are freshmen and mm -hmm. they get another year. So I mean, just be more conscious of who, who we have. And that's, that's, those are the things we're dealing with right now. And the other freshmen. I mentioned Jane how Alex Holt, who's a freshman, and that's what's that's a good thing about these kids. They all have they all get an extra year to play. And I've been very impressed with Brian Randomer and Emmanuel Zunabor. Rob is healthy, or hasn't been healthy his entire career. But he looked like he's healthy and ready to play. Caden uh, Sanchez, you know, he's been up and down, but Caden is a kid that will give us some depth along with Manny and Zunabor inside. So we just need to make sure we keep guys healthy going forward. Aside from your win-loss record, what would a successful season look like in your eyes and in the eyes of High Point? You know, winning cures a lot of things now. So, uh, you know, I think if we can, number one, stay healthy, we'll be and give ourselves a chance to be okay. With the COVID last year set us back, I thought we were playing okay. Early on, you know, we had good games against uh, some good competition. Elon was a game that we should have won. Asheville, the loss in overtime. Davidson, we were leading with three something to go in the game. So it was, we were right in some games that I thought we. Uh, so this going forward, uh, those experiences that these that our players went through last year should be beneficial to us this year. And, and you know you got to win those close games. And you're not going to blow people out. 
at our level. So we got to learn to win the close games. And I think with our schedule, obviously it's pretty tough with you know going on the road to play Northwestern from the Big Ten, and Notre Dame from the ACC, and Michigan State, and Kentucky. Not to mention Elon and, and uh, schools of that. You know, we have some pretty good teams coming in. Howard, Georgia State, Shawan, Furman. UNC Wilmington, Florida. So we're going to be tested early, but they're but they're winnable games. I'm talking about the ones that that are from comparable conferences. How difficult is it? So you asked me the question. What 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 would be? I would say how we compete. You know, our competitiveness in all these games. You know, we got to again. I thought we were in most games last year. We didn't play well at Eastern Kentucky, but we were in we were in every game I thought last year, other than those few. And that's what is going to be. I would think that would qualify for me that we have improved. How difficult is it navigating this whole new era with name, image, likeness, with immediate transfers? And so, as a coach, a veteran coach, and my whole thing was. What are we going to do? You teach them how to quit? Yeah. And I still believe that. It makes it easy. We tell them all the time, well, if you quit one time, fellas, you quit again in the game. You don't run back one time, you you, you don't run back again. It's uh, So, but it's to the point where kids can be eligible right away. Obviously put a lot of pressure on coaches, to, especially at this level. And we were grateful and thankful that we kept John Michael Wright put his name in the transfer portal, but decided, decided to stay. I hate to think where we'd be without him. Uh, so uh, those are issues that obviously the NCAA feels like, and, you know, they lost every suit that ever came about trying to protect, you know, the interests. But, uh, and I think kids should be compensated, you know, and they should be able to get, you know, benefit from their name, image, and likeness. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. You know, it was announced that you're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, Jersey retirement uh, prior to the game back at Kentucky. Talk about how special that is. I know that obviously uh, it was a little bit more difficult to schedule you when you were at your previous stops, but. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going in a rough, I mean, and I wasn't going there this time. But. John Calipari called me in, uh, back in August and we talked about it. So I need a game, Tubby. I didn't think, you know, I, I didn't sense there was any pressure to play high point, you know what I mean, by Kentucky. So I thought you calling this time of the year is, is tough. And and, uh, and then, you know, the people going, Tubby, you know, they're probably going to do this, probably going to do that. But you don't think about that. You're concerned about improving your team, you're getting better here at high point. So, but it's an honor. It's really a real, uh, and I'm humbled that they would select, nominate me to have my jersey retired in Rupp Arena. That's so you couldn't find. It's the pinnacle of college basketball, being at, at Kentucky. It's a great experience. Big Blue Nation. There's nothing like it when it comes to following their team in, in college sports. Definitely. Coach, the Big South Conference is having its uh, tournament at a true neutral site for the first yeah. time in recent memory. 
first time ever possibly. Talk about playing in a different venue, tr no true home court advantage for one team or the other. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's great. It's the best thing could happen to the Big, big South. You know, it's, it's one thing to play uh, at the higher seated team place, but that's not beneficial to the conference. And if you want to put your conference on the map, I think this is a good way to do it. Now we've got to get some fannies in the stands, in the seats. You know, we got to we got to do a good job of promoting the Big South tournament because we've, we've got some outstanding, some excellent coaches and some uh, outstanding players. And I know how fired up. Um, I know we have a great following, especially Coach Banbury and her championship run again. So that was, I think, right away, I think that. And then our, our, I think because of our new arena, you know, we're going to have a larger fan base just automatically, I think, because of our, because we're doing a good job of, of selling seats, and I think people are going to buy their share of tickets to uh, Bojangle to the Big South Tournament. And you're right, it puts everybody even more, and it gives everybody a new life, and you bring everybody together, fans together, and they can commiserate between each other <laughs> and, and you can again but you want to make sure that the, the image and the perception you know filling this arena is important as well and, and people in Charlotte do a great job it's obviously here at media day you can tell that the buzz and the excitement is just building you know you talked about coach Benberry and the women's basketball program obviously had a phenomenal run last season preseason number one this year um, numerous other teams at High Point having success. Do you feel that, and usually with your track record, you know, year three is that year. And I think that most would understand that COVID was, was not your typical year. Do you feel that this is the right time? You have the new arena, you have everything that this is? Absolutely, absolutely. We have all the resources in place. Well, obviously last year, it was last year. And I said we were pretty competitive in most games last year. Uh, so, having said that, we know we we still have uh, we're still not a we're a veteran team, but we're still probably one of the least experienced teams in the Big South, even today. Even though we have three starters back, Brian Randleman, Brian averaged about 20 minutes a game, John Michael Ray. You know, we lost a leading rebounder, a leading scorer. We thought we'd be back this year, Lydell Elmore. So those, that's a, and then you have the, the loss of Emil Flowers, who started every game and was by, was our best defender, even as a freshman. So so we still have some some growing pains or some some things we're going to have to, challenges that we're going to have to overcome. But I like the, I like the mentality of, of our players how they've been working and, and it helped me in Puerto Rico because it gave me a better idea of what we need to need to work on and that was obviously scoring and shooting because we were dead last in the Big South in three-point shooting and we weren't very good defending the three uh, and then turnovers which comes with lots of times trying to play fast or, or playing with young players like we did we started three freshmen Emil Flowers Alex Holt, and uh, started, sometimes you're starting three freshmen, so it was it was tough. And then, but you asked me 
like I said, it's pressure to to do anything. There's always pressure in this business. I've been long enough, 40 years. I know what my expectations are for our team. I don't care what anybody else feels about it. But we, if we can play to our level of ability, then we're going to give us we'll give ourselves a chance to play. It's going to be dependent on our guard play, obviously. You, know, you have to in this day and time. And we wanted two teams to still try to throw it inside. <laughs> uh, but but I think guys like Manny and Alex and Caden have uh, developed some outside shooting skills that I think be helpful. helpful. Last question, Coach. You know, when you took the job at your alma mater, our, our alma mater, I know that you had other opportunities, at least one at a, a what most people would consider a much better job. Um, that you turned down for High Point. How do you hope that your legacy at, for the Coach Tubby Smith era at High Point is remembered years well, from now? Well, you just, that he was a guy that came back to serve the university. That's about it. You know, he wins and losses. You know, you, you know I got to admit, he said, the last time we had losing season, we had two losing seasons at Texas Tech, but it was in that third year and we were able to get it done. Now we've had two losing seasons, so I expect us to be a lot better. So when you say a legacy, I'm just talking about how we, uh, what kind of shape to lead the program in. And I think already with the new arena uh, expansion in the, in the Big South, there are a lot of things that are going on us remaining in the Big South. I think those are other things that will be. And that we, you know, we, we came back to help get things done. So that's 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 hope I hope they see it as Coach Smith, Tubby Smith performing his service of getting back to his community and to his university. To our university. I think like uh, when Matt Doherty was called, you know, at Carolina, you know, might go outside the family. You answered the Yeah. Answered the call and you, you came back to serve our alma mater yes. and you know, as an proud alum I thank you for that because I know that you have so much passion for it. Obviously, the new court's going to have uh, Miss Donna and yourselves' name on it. Um, so I know that High Point is a special place to you and me both. It is, and we and I was so impressed. It's always had that 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 it's always been taught even before Dr. Cobain Needle came back. Of, uh, of service to others. They promoted that throughout our campus and throughout your years as a student as well. And uh, throughout when I was a student, I know reaching out to the community, and that's why we feel like, you know, I think the theme has been our city, our team. Whatever it is, is that we do. Our city, our university. Our city, university. Our, city, our, our university. So I think that's an emphasis on that. I think will make a big difference because people will say, you know what? Yeah, we we are a part of that university. And this university is part of this community. And we need to support them in all ways. And then the best way to do it, I mean, it's the largest venue in the city that you could get four or five hundred people at one time to no other place on campus or in the city where you can get that. So that alone should create a an event, make it a happening. Every time there's an event at that arena, whether it's women's basketball or men's basketball, it should be packed. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yep. 
Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.